Two new portal commits to talk about for the Louisville Cardinals on today's episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. Texas A&M linebacker Durante Davis, Oklahoma defensive back Dave McCullough. We'll also talk about tight end commit Tanner Koziel decommitting from the program. So with that being said, stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On, the Louisville podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Locked On for $20 off of your first purchase. As always, I want to take this time to personally thank you all, as I always do, for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder the Locked On Louisville podcast, free and available on all streaming services, including YouTube, five days a week, your team, every day. Two new portal commits to talk about on the show today. Texas A&M linebacker Durante Davis and Oklahoma safety Day McCullough. We'll also talk about um, Ball State transfer and Louisville commit Tanner Koziel decommitting from the program and staying with Ball State. So a lot of portal stuff to discuss on the show. And obviously this weekend has been one of those Trademark weekends for Jeff Brom and company. Past 72 hours, Louisville has gotten more than just a couple of commitments. And it seemed like we were going to have a little bit of downtime between the waves. Obviously, there's a couple waves where players enter the portal and commit right after the season and then after bowl season and then, you know, around spring practice. So we were after the first wave. We were done with the first wave. Heading into the second wave, which was kicked off by multiple players entering the portal after the Holiday Bowl for Louisville. And I was like, okay, well, you know, Louisville's going to address the needs where they see fit. They have the scholarships now. And Jeff Brown was like, nope, uh uh-uh. We're going to have a weekend like we did um, a couple weekends ago. And Louisville is just showing just how well they're able to close on these recruitments um, when they get a player on campus. Jody Demling uh, of 24-7 Sports Cardinal Authority tweeted out, of the 30 official visits, over 20 have committed to the Cardinals program. And that just goes to show you how how they are prioritizing, you know, the players that they want to go after, saying that, you know, we're only going to bring the players that we feel we have a chance at and that we want to prioritize onto campus because we know that if we do, then we're likely going to get a commitment. And two players that uh, were on campus – weren't really announced until close to the weekend. Texas A&M's Durante Davis being the first one, Oklahoma's defensive back Dave McCullough being the second. Those are not the only two we're going to continue all week and all weekend to discuss the other commitments, but um, these two in particular, and especially the former, the name should ring a bell if you're a Louisville fan, because if you're a fan of the show, if you've been listening over the past year, especially during Portal Talk last offseason, so literally this time last year, the name Durante Davis should be one that you're at least familiar with hearing because if you remember, Davis is a player that whenever he entered the portal out of Jackson State, Louisville went after. Alongside the likes of Kentucky, I believe Florida State was in there as well. Colorado, there were some thoughts that he was going to follow Coach Prime to Boulder. Texas A&M ended up getting his signature, and he played this past season um, with the Aggies. Didn't really get a lot of time. He ended up redshirting this past year. But 
last portal offseason, I remember him being a linebacker that I really was wanting Louisville to go get because I felt like you know he could be an every down type of guy for the Cardinals. Now there's obviously um you know in this offseason, as he's entered the portal again with one year of eligibility remaining, it does bode the question. You know, he showed out at some lower level places. He transfers to a power five school. SEC doesn't really get a ton of time. This past season only appeared in three games, had three, I'm sorry, six total tackles, two solo, four assisted. And that was early on in the season. Didn't really play much after that. Um, Recorded stats in three games against New Mexico and Louisiana Monroe. The six foot one, two hundred and thirty five pound native of Greensboro, North Carolina, uh, started his career out um, at the JUCO ranks. Transferred to Middle Tennessee State, where he had a breakout year. Had seventy one tackles, two pass deflections, and three sacks. Transferred to Jackson State with Coach Prime. He had thirty nine tackles, one sack, one forced fumble, one pass deflection. And you know, a lot of people were excited to see what he could do at the Power Five level because the talent is there. You know, as an inside linebacker, both in coverage, but also um, pressuring the quarterback and being a solid tackler. So when he got to Texas A&M, I remember looking at the way fans in College Station sort of perceived this commitment. They were pretty excited, despite him coming from a non-Power 5 level. And I talk about it all the time, that there's 100% a concern or at least a curiosity, I should say, maybe that's a better choice of word, a more of a curiosity as to how a skill set and production level of a non-Power 5 player is going to translate to the Power 5. And I understand, look, Texas A&M's defense was absolutely fantastic. DJ Durkin had a fantastic unit, one of the best uh defenses in the country despite the record you had edger and cooper who could end up being a top three round nfl draft pick in april you've got guys like tory and york um chris russell jr sam matthews going on down the line so maybe he was playing in a crowded room maybe it was a direct reflection of you know him struggling to play at the sec level i'm not sure I'll be honest with you, I, I tried to ask some people from the College Station area um, that cover the SEC, you know, hey, what was the what's the scoop? Why did Geronte Davis not get a ton of time? And I didn't really see much in terms of injury. I, I don't think that there was an injury issue. Um, just simply couldn't crack the rotation with Texas A&M. And with his final season of, of eligibility, it, it would make sense that he goes to use it elsewhere. So what does this mean for Louisville? How is this going to affect the linebacking core moving forward? Well, I think that it's probably not a decision or probably not um, a commitment that raises the overall ceiling of the room, but I think it maintains the floor. Obviously, you lose Keith Brown. We talked about that. The Oregon uh, transfer spent one year at Louisville, didn't really play much time. He ended up transferring out. You lost Jackson Hamilton to the portal as well. Gilbert Frierson, although played outside linebacker, he also um, is no longer with the team as he graduated and is on to the NFL draft. I think adding a guy like Geronte Davis, who veteran guy, veteran leader, knows some of the players on this team already, 
um, was recruited by the coaching staff. They were fond of him coming out of Jackson State. It seems like they're fond of him coming out of Texas A&M as well. They believe in the skill set. Um, I think that this is a depth move for the Cardinals. And that's no – put it this way. When we talk about depth move, I think there's maybe a negative perception surrounding that term. It's like, oh, he's just not good enough. At the end of the day, he's going to be able to play garbage time snaps. No, it's not what I'm saying. Um, I think you have your starters right now, TJ Quinn. You have um, Jalen Alderman as well. You've got some young guys that could rise into the fold. Uh, TJ Capers, Stanquan Clark, etc. But I still wanted to see some more depth for the team because you sort of lost multiple guys to a position that wasn't really all that deep to begin with in terms of numbers and adding a veteran guy like Geronte Davis, who the coaching staff is fond of his skill set, going to have one year remaining. If he is a player that can be a rotational guy in 2024, I think it's the right move because you can't only add starters. You have to address depth. And I think that he's going to be meaningful depth that can, jump in and play meaningful snaps when need be because we saw injuries affect every team and they affected Louisville at their star positions. Some of their best players got hurt in 2023 and you had to have guys that I remember fans questioning, well, why did you take a guy like that in the portal? You know, if you had a scholarship remaining because you have a scholarship remaining, right? You're taking players that can fill depth needs and, can be rotational guys and can be solid players on the field. And I like this move. Um, I don't think it is a starting level addition. I, I don't think that Geronte Davis is a starter in 2024. I could be wrong. Obviously, the coaching staff, they're getting paid the big bucks to make these decisions. And I'm just your local friendly Locked On Louisville podcast host. But I look at this as a solid depth move. Essentially, look at it as a replacement, a one-on-one replacement, Keith Brown for Geronte Davis, and I feel like Louisville gets better in that regard. So, solid addition. I like it uh, for the Cardinals' defense that, at this point, needs some depth, and this was a solid way of addressing that need. So, Geronte Davis is finally a Cardinal, um, but a surprise name that was not talked about at all until he committed Oklahoma defensive back, Day McCullough. And I like this commitment. I know that it isn't as encouraging when you look at the statistics, but hear me out. I'm going to plead my case here momentarily after we talk about our friends over at FanDuel. The regular season is wrapping up this weekend for the National Football League, but there's no... Better time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet. Here's a couple of my favorites. Live same-game parlays are great. Go to the Explore tab, and you can find bets that FanDuel has made for you. And the Parlay Hub allows you to make a parlay very quickly. It's the best way to find popular parlays and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Hey, Cardinal fans, thanks again for making Locked On Louisville your first listen of the day. Just a reminder that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 
streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the, sp- the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows every league. Uh, go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever 24-7 national streaming channel. A commitment that many people really didn't see coming. I had not heard this name until he committed or right before he committed is Oklahoma defensive back Day McCullough. Played at Oklahoma this past year, was a four-star safety in the 2023 class. He's from South Bend, Indiana, so was in the backyard of where Jeff Brom and company liked to recruit, which is the Hoosier State being at Purdue. Um, So this is a player that it's pretty – I feel like it's pretty obvious that um, Jeff Brom knows Day McCullough and probably recruited him out of high school as well. But one thing that Louisville fans were sort of – hesitant to be encouraged about was that he did not record a single statistic this year for the Sooners. Now, when you go to a place like Oklahoma, it's going to be hard to play as a true freshman. So I understand why people would maybe not necessarily be as encouraged about this addition because you still need secondary help. But I think that there's a couple different reasons why you should feel encouraged about this addition. Number one is what I just said. Even at a place like Louisville, places all over, four-star level guys don't play right away. Now, the harsh reality is that um, you know either he isn't up to playing at that level or he's not um, on that level of play, or he is behind some veteran guys, some guys that have already been playing in college, and he has to wait his turn like a lot of players do every single year. I don't think it's – I think it's too soon to suggest the former. Like it, like you would have to go for the latter at the point because I think it's way too early to say that he's not, you know, power five level. He's a former four-star recruit. I understand the Cardinals have had some four-star recruits over the past couple of classes that just have not panned out. And they've had some three-star guys that have panned out. And it's all about scouting at this point in time. But, like I mentioned, you should feel encouraged because he is a former four-star level guy. And there is hope that he can, at some point, turn it around and develop into a solid Power 5 level player. Coming out of high school, I want to read you an excerpt from Alan True, the National Recruiting Analyst of 24-7 Sports, who projected him as a power five starter. Here's what true had to say has cornerback experience and has played there a lot early in his high school career. But as his body grows, he's beginning to project more to safety or nickel. Even from his cornerback slot, he was always physical and supported the run. He is disciplined, takes good angles to the ball. And when he had to take on a block did so with good technique and physicality has played some in the deep part of the secondary also and length or has, okay. Has played some in the deep part of the secondary also. In length and smarts allows him to get his hands on a lot of passes. Finding a true positional home and developing there and continuing to get more explosive will be keys for him in development, but a really good savvy football player with growth potential and scheme versatility. Six foot one, um, pretty solid safety height. 
um, as Allen said, could play as a safety, could play in the nickel, could play um, obviously the nickel position for the Cardinals is the I want to say it's I I lose my terminology. I think it's it's the car position or the star or whatever they call it with um with the terminology. I always get it get it mixed up um, at this point. But I think that that versatility definitely could be something that bodes well for the Cardinals. It is the star position that Ben Perry plays along with Antonio Watts. Here's another thing. The versatility is something that I look at and think, okay, not only are you banking on the potential, you also have the versatility to play him at a couple different positions. Six foot one, solid in coverage coming out of high school, a physical guy that's still sort of growing into his body. If he can play at the star position, if he can play at the safety position, I think that either one is pretty beneficial for the Cardinals because I think that this is the depth piece type recruitment in 2024. I think that McCullough is probably a long-term play for the Cardinals because like we've talked about, you don't want to have to completely overturn your roster every single season. If you have scholarships available, I'm fine with going after a guy with multiple years of eligibility. That brings you to point number three. He has four years of college eligibility remaining. That is big time because guess what? MJ Griffin, one year left. Devin Neal, Probably one year left. Um, Blake Ruffin, transfer from um, Eastern Illinois that played at Trinity. One year left. Ben Perry could go to the league after this. Antonio Watts would be the successor at that point at the star position. But I say all that to say this. I think that he's going to be a guy that fills out valuable depth in 2024 with the vision of being a potential starter in 2025. I like this play for Louisville in that regard. Not every addition has to be a guy that can come in right away and be able to start. I'm okay with bringing in players like you did last year, like you brought in a Marcus Washington, like you brought in a Marquise Groves Kilbrew that just didn't end up panning out. Marcus Washington could be in the mix at cornerback this year. Aaron Williams, four-star cornerback who had to battle some injury, had the ACL surgery. He's going to be back in 2024 for former four-star level guy that you're hoping can have a breakout year. I'm all right with this type of commitment. A guy who has four years of eligibility remaining, very talented four-star coming out of high school. Braum also is pretty familiar with this game, being a South Bend native. And I think it makes sense from the timeline aspect of this defense because you've got a lot of veterans. And at some point next offseason, you're going to be in a spot to where you could have had to replace both your safety positions, your star position potentially, and more. And who knows? Maybe you look at a guy like McCullough and say, I don't know. I think he's more of a boundary cornerback or he can play in the slot. That versatility is one of the main things that is encouraging for me. Also, the timeline, like I said, is you can have a guy really fill into the role now and then win um, Devin Neal leaves when MJ Griffin leaves when Ben Perry leaves boom McCullough can potentially be a guy that can rise into that spot already a year in the defensive system and you have less turnover and you're just having an internal player rise up into that spot so I think it makes a lot of sense here at first I was like "Mm." 
I'm not really all too sure he didn't have a single statistic for Oklahoma, but then again, it is Oklahoma, and he was just a freshman, and not all true freshmen play a lot of snaps, and I'm all right with this addition. I like this. I think that it obviously takes a lot of belief in the coaching staff to be able to develop McCullough into an eventual um, potential starting level guy or at the very least rotational player, but I like this move for the Cardinals. So. Two very solid depth pieces added to the Cardinals' defense. Some movement on offense, but not in the way that you would want. Tight end commit Tanner Koziel decommits from the program, deciding to stay with Ball State. What does that mean for the tight end room? Well, I think that um, it hurts, but I don't think it means doom for the room in 2024 we'll tell you why here momentarily after we talk about our friends and the title sponsor of the show game time game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music comedy and theater events near you one thing that makes game time different from the rest are the last minute deals it shows you all in prices view from your seats and the best price guarantee just last weekend on new year's eve i got tickets to the colts raiders game up in indianapolis 20 minutes before kickoff Lowest price out there, no hassle. The tickets deliver quickly. I watched a good NFL game. You can do that too. It shouldn't be stressful when buying tickets to a sporting event. That's why you have to take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code Locked On L O C K E D O N for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price. Guaranteed. We mentioned right before the break, tight end Tanner Koziel decommitted from the Cardinals program, deciding to stay at Ball State. The six foot seven uh, native of Bloomingdale, Illinois, spent the past two seasons with the Cardinals. Um, this past year, 34 catches, 295 yards, and three touchdowns was projecting to be, I think, a rotational piece at the position in 2024. Um, he deleted his commitment post, and a day later, it was officially announced that he was going to stay at Ball State. For starters, I don't know why this is. Could it be that he decided he wanted to stay the focal point of an offense? Potentially, I don't think that that was going to be the case here at Louisville. Was this Jeff Brom saying, hey, look, I appreciate you committing here, but it it might be best to either look elsewhere or go back to Ball State? Could be. I'm not sure. It could be either one of those two. It could be a mixture of both. Regardless, Koziel back with the Ball State program, and the Cardinals have another scholarship to use. They've already done well with the tight end position at the portal. They have their projected starter, San Diego State tight end Mark Redman, who has been one of the better tight ends in the country the past two seasons. Uh, You also got Isaiah Cummings from Kentucky, a former Louisville Mail High School product. Um, He is back, or he is back in the 502. He is with the program. So you brought in three tight ends. Now you have two. You also um, return guys like Jamari Johnson, like uh, Nate Kariski bringing in a four-star tight end in Dylan Mesman. So to make a long story short, I, I don't think that this move, it, it sucks because I think that Cozio could have been a solid rotational tight end for this team. But like I mentioned, I don't think that he was going to be the focal point at tight end. I think that that's going to be Mark Redman. I think you look at a room that's filled with Kariski, 
Mesman, Johnson, and Isaiah Cummings, and you are more than happy with the guys that you have at the position. I think that Cummings is going to be a, a player that is involved more in the receiving aspect of things. Kariski is a solid blocker who had some pretty solid uh, receiving catches this year. And then Jamari Johnson, the former low four-star, high three-star player from California, who a lot of people have high hopes for, he's also in the room as well. So, I mean, it hurts losing Kozio, but it's not the end of the world. I see people on social media where a lot of people love to be trolls saying, oh, Louisville loses a commitment going back to Ball State. If that's what there is to get upset about, then oh well. I will take what the Cardinals have done in the portal up until this point over the past month and having a decommitment or two. It is what it is. Miles Slusher from Arkansas decommitted from the Cardinals last year after committing and ended up going to um, Colorado. And you brought in a guy like Gilbert Frierson, who probably was better than Slusher would have been for the Cardinals this year. And it would be different if Cozio was like the only tight end that you got because personally, I didn't think that tight end was as large of a need as many previously thought, although I did understand that it was a priority moving forward. Um, but you got Mark Redmond, who's going to be probably the starter. You got Isaiah Cummings, who didn't have the greatest career at Kentucky, but showed that he can play at least in the SEC, so he can play at the Power Five. And then you have some internal candidates. Nate Kariski, who I really, really think is going to be a solid player for the Cardinals moving forward. I think that it, it makes a ton of sense that you know he's going to be relied upon moving forward. Um, Jamari Johnson, your hope is that he's able to take the next step ahead in his development. And Dylan Mesman, do not forget about one of the best tight ends in the country in the 2024 class. He is one of the best players in the state of Michigan, top 500 player, uh, four-star in the 24-7 sports composite that I think is going to be a guy that you can really um, look at in year one thinking that he's going to make a couple plays saying, yeah, that guy's going to be really good for us down the road. Um, but I, I don't think that this really moves the needle a ton. It optically doesn't really look good because the first thing you think of is, oh, he's staying at Ball State. Louisville couldn't convince him to go elsewhere. I don't think that it's a matter of you know, not having a, a good program like Louisville. I mean, obviously, you compare Ball State to Louisville, and there's no, I mean, there's no comparison there, no disrespect to those in Muncie, Indiana. But, I mean, let's be real here, right? I think that it was probably, if I had to guess, probably a combination of, hey, I'm going to be the number one option in Ball State's offense, or um, Jeff Brom's like, hey, man, I appreciate it, but it's let me tell you how this is going to go in terms of how much you're going to play next year. Let me just do you a solid and, and tell you to probably go back, but it is what it is. So it, it's never good to lose a commitment, but it does open up another scholarship that I feel like could go to a player at more of a larger need position wise. So I'm okay with it. Um, if you're going to lose a commitment, it's probably best that you lose one from a tight end where you've got multiple commitments. 
already. So, and if you feel as if you need to go get another tight end, I mean, I guess you could do that in the portal. I mean, you still have open scholarships to use. So, a lot of recruiting talk, portal-wise, to talk about. On tomorrow's episode of the show, we're talking about the offensive lineman that committed, um, Antonio Meeks, the D2 receiver from Tuskegee that committed, and more. So be sure to stay tuned into that. But that's going to wrap up today's episode of the show. Everyone have a great day. We'll see you right back here very soon.